Normally on this podcast, we take you on a journey of questionable football opinions, but today we're going to ask you to join us for a slightly different one. This is the Arsenal Vision post-match podcast. My name is Elliot Smith. You can block me on Twitter, Yankee Gunner. That's right. Today we're all going to go on a bit of a different journey together, uh, and I hope that you will indulge me, indulge us, and uh, come along on this journey. In fact, we're going to be going on this journey for two days to the Zattery refugee camp on the Syrian border in Jordan to meet Syrian refugees, to meet the people from North London who have done such amazing work in the Zattery camp, to meet the people there in Jordan, the Jordanians who are helping run the program, and really get a feeling for the amazing work our club is doing, for the work that we can feel so proud to support. And while there's a lot to feel proud about when it comes to Arsenal right now, and a lot of good things happening on the pitch and happening in North London, and you'll hear a lot about that uh, in terms of Arsenal in the community, we're going to also celebrate the work being done there in a place where there's immense need and work that's being done on behalf of young people, children, who are so appreciative. And so here's what we've done. Today's episode is going to be the voice of the, the people in Jordan and the voice of the Syrians. You're going to hear from boys and girls in the program, from mothers. You're going to hear from Isra, who was our host while we were there, and one of the people who helps this program uh, run every day and is an incredible human being, and I'm so excited for you to meet her. She's going to be doing a lot of the translating, uh, and she'll be interviewed as well. You're going to meet the CEO of Save the Children Jordan, and uh, Yamin, a, a young man that I had the chance to meet, someone who was in the program and has moved through the program and become a junior coach and someone I feel tremendous affection for, having gotten to know him a little bit while I was there. These are the voices of the Syrians and the Jordanians uh, at the Zattery refugee camp. Tomorrow, we're going to extend this journey to the voices of the people from the club, uh, from North London and beyond. And you'll get to meet people working with Arsenal in the community, the CDP coaches from North London who have gone down to work in the Zattery refugee camp to help provide coaching support. You'll get to hear from Maraid King, who you know uh, already as um, the person who's really instrumental uh, in letting us be involved with the foundation and, and do this fundraising and is one of the reasons the program exists. So we have two days of great podcasts. And I realize that you have a lot to listen to and it's a busy time of the football schedule and asking you to take the time out to listen to this is a lot. But I hope you'll do it because I, I had the chance to go to this place only because of you, because I'm part of this community and I got to go there on your behalf. And so it really means a lot to be able to, to bring this audio to you. And I, I'll be bringing some video as well on other platforms. As a reminder, uh, the fundraiser carries on and the unbelievable response already blows me away. Uh, I couldn't be more thankful for Andrew at Arsblog for being a part of this, for Clive and Tim and Paul and Scott and everybody who is involved. Um, and I want to remind you, if you donate, you have a chance to win a shirt that Ian Wright's going to sign for you, one of his, his shirts from his playing days. You're also going to have a chance to win a VIP box experience to the Brighton game, to be part of the Breakdown Live program, to have food and drink and time with the podcasters, and maybe see a historic moment <clears throat> in this historic season. Uh, you can also bid on those items. There's also club-level uh, club seats for Chelsea, for Southampton, and more VIP box tickets. So uh, you can also go to the auction site. Both the Just Giving page and the auction site will be listed in the description to this episode. So it is with immense pride and gratitude that I uh, give you this episode and the one that will come tomorrow. And I'll introduce that one, obviously, uh, when that one starts. The way this breaks down is that we're going to start with um, an advocacy session. And what I've done, essentially is I've cut some of the original Arabic of the original speakers so that we can get to the translation that Israel provides. But I've left a little of the original speaker in so you can get a flavor for that personality, for that person, uh, because they, they are really the, the critical contributor. But obviously, for the sake of uh, the majority of people who will be able to understand the translation primarily, that's what we have. So um, Israel was kind enough to do the translation. I also want to emphasize that these were uh, little rooms in difficult recording environments with equipment I'm not used to using. I think the sound is actually pretty good. You're going you're gonna to be able to really get a feel for the atmosphere and the speaker, uh, and hopefully you'll really enjoy it. So please give if you can. Um, you know, if, if you can't, by the way, I totally understand. Maybe just listen in and, and hopefully uh, gain some appreciation for what Arsenal is doing through this program, how they've taken what they do in North London in the community and transported it to this place. So today, 
Jordan and the Zattery Refugee Camp. Tomorrow we'll hear from more of the Arsenal people. Two wonderful episodes that together will tell the story of this immense trip and this wonderful work being done. I'm going to give you a little bit of a flavor of what it's like to be a young girl in this program, just singing and cheering for your friends to get it started, and then we'll continue from there. All right, our first section from the Zattery Refugee Camp is the girls' advocacy session. This was done in one of the classrooms uh, in one of the pitch compounds uh, of the Coaching for Life program. And it's a room where they're able to educate the mothers and the daughters. Uh, again, they keep the boys and girls separate in this program. And that has actually been a part of the reason they're able to grow the Coaching for Life program to gender parity, where they have as many girls participating as boys, actually. Uh, in this room were the mothers and the daughters who have participated in the Coaching for Life program. And they were given a chance to express what the program meant to them, what more they want from it, their comments about it, how it's influenced their lives, uh, the lives of their family, the lives of others around them. And so this is a chance to just let you hear in their words, the mothers and the daughters, what the program's done for them. For me, this was as moving as it gets, seeing 12-year-old girls stand up, clearly having rehearsed just that little bit of English so they could say, hi guys, and how much that meant to them. Hearing these girls read poems that they've written in a loud, bold voice after having told us just moments earlier they used to be shy, not communicative, not able to make friends, that they felt alone. Hearing mothers say they wish they had a program like this years ago when they were in a child marriage, and now they're watching this program help break child engagements so that their daughters can have a future. Uh, it is incredibly moving. And the way this works, Isra was kind enough to translate for us. So I've left in a little bit of the original Arabic audio so you can get a sense of the voice of the people who are uh, giving this message, who are sending this message. But uh, then I've, I've gone straight to Isra's translation so you can really get uh, what they're trying to say. And so for those of you who speak Arabic, uh, I apologize for truncating that, but it allows us to get as much in here as possible. So... We're going to go now to the girls' advocacy session, and then after that, we'll hear from Isra uh, on the program and what makes it so special. Here we go. So, sorry, this. She said that uh, the daughters now, and we are as the mothers and our daughters, we feel that we belong to the big world, and. We feel that we are not alone in the camp. In the past, we really feel that we are alone. But because we know that um, this project is implemented in uh, Arsenal and the community in London, um, we, we believe that you know we have some kind of relation between London and Arsenal, and there is something between us and the world. We are not in the refugee camp without any support from anyone. So for her and the doctors here, it seems different, this project. Yeah. Thank you. So I asked her about her age and told her that you have very good strong personality. Um, she said that maybe in this space I can forget about the world, about my home, about the issues, the problems, and just remember that I'm a child and enjoy my time and have these skills. And that's it. So for those two hours, I'm spending, enjoying my time, have a new friendship, working on my personality, and that's it. Then I come back again to my world and the, the reality. Yeah. Thank you. Shukran. Shukran. So she's turning 18 now, and she said that here in the center, it's about the uh, smiling and the laughs that you can see at the face of the girls. So she said that many times we faced a challenging time at home, at school, at our neighborhood, with the family, 
um, yet we come here, we forget about everything. We have friends, they smile in our faces, we play, forget about everything. I become very social here, in the past I have nothing, but now I have friends, I know they do care for me, I do care for them, we build trust with each other. Um, so when it's come to me, I come here, forget everything in the world, then she equates her friends mention, then I come back again to the, to the reality, but at least I have something I can support the, re the reality with from this project. شكرا ابدعته جد جد شكرا كثير قوية شغلتي بس سجلتها على البرنامج ثانك يو شكرا شي سيد ذات اي نيفر بين ماي سيلف بيفور ذيس بروجكت سو اتس ديفرنت توتال ديفرنت ان بيرسوناليتي بيفور اند افتر ارسنال اي جاست ونت تو سي ثانك يو فور ذا كوتشز فور ذا ستاف فور ذا بروجرام تيم فور ايفري ون ابوت وات يو ار دوينغ ثانك يو شكرا لك so she's 15 and she shared her personal experience with this project she said that uh, in the past I was um, shy girl isolated um, I don't have this trust in my decisions I can't talk with others but with this project I worked in my personality and the project worked in my personality the resilience session was very important for me and then she said something that I feel that this day during the week it's mine so I know this for example on Monday I know my session on Monday I have two hours only for me so I scheduled that every Monday for those two hours I forgot everything I will go to the center find myself and then come back to home so I like that I keep on coming for the center on a weekly basis there is one day a special time only for me to be with the girls here and she encourage others to do the same yes شكرا um, so she mentioned that she's a mother for a, a girl with disability and her daughter accepted in this project so she said thank you for the coordinators the team the coaches who accept her daughter because maybe in some places um, they can't accept um, girls with disability in such project and she said that the thing that um, the girls in the project, the team made of her daughter, was supportive and they accept her daughter and this support her daughter and she kept coming every day to the center because she feel that there is something special and the team provide her something special. So she said that um, the team spirit here is different and this is what support her daughter um, to have more good communication and social skills with the community. Yeah. So she mentioned two points here. She said that um, unfortunately, given the situation in the camp, some of the families they uh, um, used to the child marriage. Um, so some we, we, we noticed some cases in the camp. And with this project, we receive support from the project, from the community, from the coaches, uh, support our daughters. So our daughters now, they feel that um, there is people who support and do care for them. And she gave an example for her daughter. She said she know her rights and she know how to talk about her rights. So maybe the issue with the girls in the camp, sometimes they can't talk about their rights. For that, they accept the child marriage, other things. But now they know that there is a childhood and we need to enjoy our childhood under 18. And then to consider other things above 18. So yeah, that's what she mentioned. Shukran. So she said that with this project, I believe that we provide the girls with some assets. Um, so we, we generate and produce strong girls, strong personality. They can talk about their rights, stand for their rights, and they find a space only for them. And as a mother here, I can talk about myself and behalf of other mothers, that even the space is on for us. I like when the, when the team invited me to be part of this, or talk with me, or include me in this. I feel special, because sometimes I need a space as a mother, as, as a woman, and I find it here. So I'm proud of my daughter that she finds something, and I hope for other, for other girls in the camp they find the same. So for me, I enjoy it more than my daughter in this project. So she said that I noticed a huge difference in my daughter personality. Um, again, she can stand for her rights. Um, she, she know the self-esteem is different now. She know how to support others. 
and help support herself as well. So I'm totally proud of her. And um, as Arsenal here, I will support, I will ask for something. I will ask for extra sessions for the girls and to consider us as a mothers as well in the future. شكرا لك شكرا قد ايه عمرها بنتك الاولى؟ So she shared some personal experience about her two daughters. Uh, they are the opposite. So the first one, and um, she had some um, issues in her um, uh, cognitive, personal, and the personality, and um, she have some. Um, Um, not, not mental, uh, some, some disorders with her thinking, etc. And she sent her to some hospitals and centers in the camp, but they couldn't support. And they feel that maybe she needs a psychologist or, or some, someone like this. So she enrolled her in this project. And she said that, I believe that after she enrolled in this project and graduated, it's totally different. She talked with people. She accepts support from others. Even in the past, she said that I'm always tired. I can't move. I can't walk to the school. Um, and the mother feel it. But now she's playing football. She goes to school. She supports other girls. So she feels that there is a kind of a cure happened in her daughter life related to this project. Uh, um, I, will, I will ask more details after, after the session with her. But she said that. I know that's because of Arsenal project and the other girl uh, she's the opposite of her sister um, she's very strong and um, she not follow the instruction at home always fighting with her mother but now she know the rules she talk about her right she respect her mother and she support the family she said that now I have a good two daughters after this project Okay, she said that um, in this project we have a chance to have new friends, um, build connection with people around us. I have a lot about the communication, about the identity, about conflict management, and it's mean a lot for me. Uh, it's important to me the session about the decision making. It was one of the important things for me, and how I express myself and stand for my rights in a good way. Shukran. So she said that it's about the self-esteem. I believe that before and after the project, there is a huge differentiation in my personality. Uh, in the past, I thought the football is only for boys, and it's not allowed for girls to play football. But now I know it's my right to play football. And I believe that there is many things that I can reflect from the project and my personality. So thank you. Shukran. I have two daughters in this project, 16 and 13. They graduate from this project. And I feel proud of my daughters as well because it's totally changed on their personality and the behavior. Now they can talk themselves. They can talk about their rights. They communicate themselves. They know the way, the way of the good way of communication with other people. They know, they know how to do with the conflicts with other people. So I'm so proud of my daughters and I encourage others to be part of this. Yeah. Shukran. We mentioned uh, some points about the uh, gender, about the uh, equity, and how this project supports something. And she, okay, so from the beginning, she said that in the culture, in our culture, for specific, it's not allowed for girls to play football. Usually, we face child marriage. For me and for my friends, unfortunately, we've been and tried marriage years ago and now we don't want our daughters to have the same experience with this project the second thing that she said that this program successfully ending some cases of child marriage and uh, shifting the football from only being for boys to for being boys and girls and enrolled us as a mothers in this program i wish that this program was there years 30 years ago maybe so i enrolled in this program not getting married at that time um, and the good thing that now i have space to be part of this program I support my daughter and we keep support other girls in the camp and she invited the other mothers here to be part of a committee she maybe she will create it or she asked for um, to share the knowledge in the community about the football and the stigma of girls playing football and they can share and transfer the knowledge of their girls playing football with other mothers in the camp so they encourage other mothers to enroll their daughters
Okay, I'm here with Isra Abu Jamuz, uh, Pitch Side in Zattery, and uh, Isra is the program director for Coaching for Life program with Save the Children. And uh, Isra, first of all, just thank you for everything you do. Thank you for being uh, a wonderful host here, for helping us um, really experience what uh, life is like within the program and getting to meet some of the children. It's been such a wonderful experience, and, and you've really made that possible, so thank you. Thank you, Elliot, and thank you for considering this camp and visit this program. And we hope that we can just show what the children they are doing in this amazing project. Thank you. Yeah, they're they're incredible, and uh, and what you're doing with them is incredible. So, let's just start with why there's a need for this life in the camp. The impact of what the program means starts with understanding some of the challenges faced by the children, and it might be helpful to think in terms of the challenges boys face versus girls face because there is gender uh, parity now in terms of participation in the program. So, firstly, for the boys in the camp, what are some of the challenges they face um, that you know may be addressed by, by the program? Thank you. First of all, we believe that this project was one of the unique projects in the camp, given that it's mixed between the football and the resilience and well-being for the children. Children in the camp, they are most vulnerable children, can say that from the refugee status, and more specific, they can be under child labor, unfortunately. Some of the children, they leave the school or they work after the school to support their parents, um, which is at harm for their mentality and their personality. With this project, we consider this challenge, so we talk with the children. We loop them in the design of the project to know exactly how they would like to play football and enjoy their time and what the resilience part can to add to them. Um, we heard uh, word, word of mouth from many children about this program and how it's changed their personality and the behavior and the impact on this program for them before and after this project. Many children, they enrolled in um, different, different behavioral um, things before this project, which has added harm to their families. And after this project, now they become one of the heroes and junior coaches in this project. When I talk to junior coaches, I mean that the children who enrolled in this project and now um, they graduated and now they share the knowledge with other children in this program. For these children who are working and in the child labor, we extend and working around the working hours for this project. So we extend the working hours so children, they can come to this project and we refer them to our case manager who support them to back to school and we try to tackle this issue. And successfully, we uh, managed to uh, return many children to school and now they engage in school, coming to our center and we provide support in different way. It's yeah. really incredible. So you have children who maybe considering or be forced into child labor, children that have stopped attending school, who through the program find a way out of uh, child labor back into school in terms of their relationship with their families. Do you have a challenge to get, well, let's start with the boys, to get the boys enrolled in the program, to get their families to uh, approve of the program, and what's the relationship like uh, with their families and how they view their participation? Maybe, um, honestly speaking, at the beginning of the program, one of the challenges I was tackled to convince the community and the parents about the importance of the project. So when, when a parent, he sees that this is a football program and there's education program, he will send his child to an education program. So we invited the parents at the first time to come and see what we are doing on the ground. So they see and they touch. It's not only a football program. It's a resilience with football. And after three, four sessions from this program, they start to see something uh, in the personality of their children. And there's differences between before and after. The communication, the negotiation skills, the problem solving, the children start talking about and raise, raising for their parents. And the school level as well, the teachers start talking that there is something different in the personality of those children and then they recognize that this project is different so for cycle one we were struggling to bring children to the project but after cycle two and three we have waiting lists for children who would like to be part of this project on on, on side note the parents start creating a teams and come and play football. And they ask for a resilience session to be provided for them as well, um, as the ones provided for their children. Because they said that sometimes we need the support that provided for our kids as well. So I believe that maybe the support provided in this project was amazing. It's not only football, it's not it's football and resilience. And this is the thing that the parents realize about this project. For that now, we graduated cycle eight. We celebrated the graduation of cycle eight of the project. And now we are working on the new design for the project to provide children with the mini leagues and other activities, resilience and football. Yeah. It's wonderful and I mean nothing tells you about the success of the program like the organic growth and the word of mouth spread through the camp and the interest in people participating. Uh, on the girls side, obviously different challenges faced uh, not only for the girls in the camp but also for uh, um, 
convincing them to participate in the program. So firstly, what are some of the challenges that girls in, in Zadari camp might face? Um, the girls in the camp, they are facing the same uh, challenges and issues the girls worldwide facing. But maybe for specific in the camp, we can talk about the child marriage issue, mm. which is the girls, maybe they can't leave the school at 16 or 17 and that just get married or engaged at this age for different reasons. But for it may be one of the reasons, but there is other reason for sure, like the cultural thing. And um, to be honest, that girls who finish school at 18 and they are waiting for scholarship, um, Maybe it's hard to have got scholarship and uh, other parents, they can't accommodate, provide the cost and the fees of scholarship or college for their daughters. So they prefer to get married at 16 or 17. In this program, we try to tackle this issue with the girls by enrolling them in this project and talk about the life skills and how they can challenge the situation. And we engage the parents in this discussion. We talked with them about the child marriage while this is happening. And the girls in this project successfully, um, they create advocacy team. Um, so the girls, they advocate for their rights and they broke some engagement for some girls. That's amazing. They went to the school and talked with the teachers uh, and with the teachers, they talk with the girls, there is awareness. They went to the community centers, there is awareness. So the girls in this project now, there is awareness about the girls' rights and for specific ending child marriage. So this project, I believe it was the, um, the need in the camp for those girls and they need support to talk about themselves and to find the way to talk about themselves and to express themselves. And they find it with this project. Now we gladly have thousands of girls in this project. They talk about the coaching for life and support other girls who have no chance to be in this project for different reasons, family reason, education or other things. And it's, it's so evident because uh, we went to the girls' pitch, and you'll hear on this podcast at some point, maybe you've heard it already or not, depending on how I put this whole thing together when, it, when the time comes, hearing them singing and chanting for their friends and hearing the enthusiasm and the way they participate. It's incredible. Um, you know, it's been mentioned a few times now that the program has achieved gender parity in terms of yeah. participation. Obviously, it didn't start out that way. I'm curious how skeptical you were that you'd be able to recruit these girls to get into the program and how you were able to successfully get to what now is a remarkable um, achievement in terms of that parity that you've achieved. Thank you, Elliot. You took me now four years ago. I remember when you started this project, one of the biggest challenge we faced enrolling girls in this project. Um, we aiming to have around 240 girls in this project and by the end of first week it's ended with only 40 or 50 who showed and even they didn't make it the week after. So we went to the community, we asked the parents and the girls why you're not coming to the center. So they mentioned that football is not one of our priority. The second thing, they can go to school. The other thing that we need privacy for our daughters. Why should I send my daughter to your center? Um, so we, we met with them, we talked with them and we designed the project and ask them to come to our center and see that we're not only providing a football activities. Yes, it's a space for girls to enjoy their time, to have more football techniques, yet we provide some resilience for their, for their uh, personality. So the parents start coming and see what we are doing. We cover the centers uh, with, with the fence of the centers. Um, so the girls, they have privacy they need it in the center. After cycle one finished, in cycle two, we have more than 300 girls registered in the project. And now we have equal participation from boys and girls. We have girls uh, with us as a junior coaches. So they advocate for the project, invite other girls to be part of the project. We have mothers themselves create the teams and come support their daughters and play football. And we have parents now do mobilization and outreach to talk about the project. And the importance of this project for the girls is not about playing football. It's about the personality of your daughters. It's about the future of your daughters. Um, the girls after this project start talking about themselves, start respect the people around them and respect themselves. Um, the first start know the priority about their life. So we believe that in this project, we give a chance for girls to be part of this world and do their, this, their role in this world. Um, so I'm, I'm proud with what we achieve now, the equal participation for boys and girls. And even for the waiting list that we have for children who are looking for more cycles, we have more girls than boys who are waiting to be part of this project. Yeah, it's incredible to see. Obviously, as part of Save the Children, you have a, a broad understanding of different ways that children's lives can be impacted. Save the Children does great work far beyond the boundaries of the Zattery Refugee Camp. In terms of this program, though, and the unique impact it makes, 
having seen other ways that Save the Children works. Is this something pretty special and unique that you've created here in your mind? And I, I mean, obviously, it, you're going to be very partial to it, but I think there are so many uh, different types of programs. This one feels very special and unique, and I'm just curious how, um, how you think about it in the context of maybe other ways that, that children's lives are improved by Save the Children. Maybe maybe the my point of view here without any bias to be honest, but because I'm with this project from day one and I manage different projects in the past and I see other projects on the ground as well. This project is totally unique and different than other projects. It's used the power of football to support children, mentality, resilience and well being. Those children who either born in the camp or flee Syria when they were young and they know nothing about, about the world. So this program invests in them. They provide the support for their identity, uh, for their personality, provide them with the skills they need for their communication, for how to feel with others. Um, when, I, when I meet with the children on a daily basis and hear their stories, how they reflect the resilience thing they got it from our program in their life, in their schools, in their community, how the children who are 12 and 13 advise other children to be part of this project because it's changed your life. One of the child, one day, he told me that it's coaching for life. And I was asking myself, why it's coaching for life? Now I know what's coaching for life because it's changed your life and it's changed my life and it's changed other life. So I believe this project is one of the unique projects worldwide, I can tell, not only in Zatari Camp, because it saved those children's life by providing the skills they need, support they need, invest in them, believe in them. Now they, they, they feel that they have the ownership for the program. They feel that it's their place, it's their house. Um, they're coming here daily basis to enjoy football, yet to have some resilience support. Yeah, the most effective things sometimes are the simplest things. And there's something simple about football that connects with us, that can give you a sensation that very few other things can. And when you step out onto these pitches and you hear 12-year-olds, 13-year-old boys and girls obviously separately, but uh, laughing, celebrating. Um, it, it really does feel like it could be a pitch on North London, a, a pitch near my home, a pitch all over the world. Do you get that sort of transported sensation sometimes when you come out here and you see the way that they get to experience the program that it really could be anywhere, that these kids in that moment could be kids anywhere around the world experiencing football the way many of us do? Yeah, correctly. I will give you a small example um, from from where I now. I'm, I'm watching children from Syria. They are living inside the pitch in that refugee camp with other coaches came from London to play with them. They can't speak the same language, but they understand and they play a good game together because the language between them is the football. They enjoy. You can maybe hear the voices here and some laughing around me. And they can talk with each other and they start each other with football. So I believe that the football sometimes it will be the language between people and can link people easily together. And this is what we are doing with this program. Yeah, that's really well said and, and self-evident. Last question um, just came from listening to some of the kids talk about uh, what the program means to them, but also they drew some incredible pictures in response to the earthquakes in, in Turkey and Syria and got to express what those pictures mean to them and uh, what they wish for their you know, their, their fellow people in, in Syria and Turkey who are experiencing the, the obviously crisis around those earthquakes. Setting that aside for a moment, just the way they communicated their feelings incredibly articulate, incredibly thoughtful. Do you think that those skills really are reflective of what they've learned in the program, that they're able to be so articulate in their empathy for others now and, and would that have been possible uh, prior to the program? Yeah, um, we can tell that 100%, I'm sure that these skills after they enrolled in this project and graduate from 20 weeks of coaching for life and the resilience activity. Most of those children who, ca who you met today um, and talked about their experiences and about the earthquake and how they feel with other children um, in Syria and Turkey, they can't exp them, express themselves in the past. They can't talk about their feelings and experience in the past. Um, and they they mentioned to us that this program helped us and support us to do such such thing. Um, after they enrolled in this program, they know the skills and they they work on their communication skills, how they feel with others, how to, how to know others. Um, this program maybe provide them with the skills they need to enhance their personality. And now 
um, they tried to, to share the support they got from this project. This is the point I want to mention that they got some support from this project and now they try to share the support they got from this project with other children worldwide. During COVID, we had an example like this, that children um, in the quarantine start drawing some something and sending some letters for children other places in the quarantine to share uh, how we are support you and feel you and share their emotions together. So I believe that with this program, with what we are providing with the resilience thing with this program, we give the space for children to share support with other children worldwide. Well, I couldn't be more appreciative uh, of your time, of, of hearing you talk about the program, of the host, hosting you've done for us here. So thank you for everything, Isra. It's a, it's a real pleasure. Thank you. Isra really is one of the most impressive people you could hope to meet. Her empathy for the people of the camp is evident the moment you meet her. She's incredibly competent in her ability to seamlessly engage, not just with the refugees, but also the people who are coming into the camp to provide services and try to help and, and run the Coaching for Life program. She's so deeply invested in it. Um, and a critical part of its success. So I can't thank her enough for her hospitality and support while I was there and for everything she's doing with the program. Now we're going to kind of shift gears to the boys' advocacy session. But what I want to put at the front of that is something that we actually did at the end of the session, which is asking these young boys what Arsenal means to them. So let me turn it over to them in their words, as translated by Israel, what Arsenal means to them. And then I'll set the scene for the boys' advocacy session after that. My family. It changed a lot in my my personality, my life. Thank you. أصدقاء. New friends. Arsenal ممكن يغير حياتك. Arsenal can change your life. العائلة والقوة عشان هم الآن بالصدارة وحبي لساتنا. Family and strong. كانوا دافعين تعني لي إنه النادي اللي فكر بالأطفال داخل المخيمات. So the club who considered children inside the refugee camps. I think that's great to hear. Obviously, we are all supporters. We care deeply about the club. Uh, for these young people, the club means more than just what they do on the pitch. And hopefully we can have it mean more than that as well through uh, the efforts we're making uh, in this fundraiser together as a community. Now, let's hear the rest of that boys' advocacy session and what the program is doing for them. So firstly, I asked them why you are coming to this project. Because some of you, they call it Arsenal, some of them, they call it Coaching for Life. So he started, he said that we come here because we like Arsenal. This is the first thing. And we learned many things, like how to feel passionate with each other, how to communicate with each other. And we have a good friendship with, with everyone. And we like our coaches. And this keeps us coming every day. Okay. Uh, it's important for me to be here. Actually, I learned a skill how to negotiate, how to negotiate with others and how I solve problem. And I told him how this reflects in your life. He said that now I can think about the problem and know how I solve this problem. So, no, that he mentioned something to Drew yesterday that he would like to mention to everyone that the CBD coaches was something amazing, he said amazing and incredible about this. He said that they share some knowledge and I asked him what kind of knowledge. He said that they share the exercise they are doing at home and in London with us. They invest in us and they provide us with the new techniques. Um, so for us as a junior coaches, we find this a great opportunity to develop and to receive more skills. So if you can just have more coaches come to the camp in the future and train us and other children, not only us, that would be great, supporting the project. And I'll to Rissali. Okay, so it was important for me to enroll in this project. Actually, this project enhanced my ability to communicate with people. I know different kind of communications now, and I know how I communicate each child. And this reflects on my at my school, at my neighborhood, and I feel with people now more. So it's, for me, it's important, and I advise my friends, all of them, to come to this project. 
So he said that I like to come here because it's important to know um, the first thing I made a friends which is in the past I don't have friends then I know very important thing about how to solve the conflicts um, the conflict resolution is important so now I know how to deal with the conflict in my neighborhood the take issue connect so now he just explained to me the communication and the three types of communication. And he gave an example that he used in the math session at the school. He said that sometimes when the teacher explained the session, we don't understand. And we pretend that we understand. We thought that this is the respect to the, to the teacher. But now, no, I know that this is not, not the good communication. I need to stand up say, thank you, teacher. But maybe if you repeat this, that would be good for me. So I can communicate this in a good way now with the, with the, with the teacher. Which is, شكراً على المثال كثير. أرجع لك. So one of the things that he would like to mention, he said that in this project, I know how to make decisions in my life. So I told him, okay, what decisions you made? He said that I read with my friends and parents that I will go to school and it's important to go to school uh, because it's the future, it's my future. So now I'll make the decision and I committed the decision. شكراً. في حدا كان رافع؟ And he said that this project, I know how I communicate with the community in a good way. And he gave an example. I want, I want to translate in a good way. He said that, for example, I'm studying at home and there's a children playing outside. And I have an exam. So usually I go and fight with them. Tell them, stop, you need to stop. But now I need, there is a processing. He mentioned this word, processing, to solve the problem. So the problem is that the children play outside. This caused harm to me. I go outside, talk with them in a good way, ask them to stop or go another place because I have exam. And then I come back to home. So this is a process to solve the problem. And now this is what I implement in my daily life after this project. So. Is it the question? Yeah. So they're talking about some amazing stuff that they're learning through the program and, and stuff that we hoped that they would learn. Can they talk a bit about how they've learned that through the program or how the coaches have helped them with that? So he just explained one of the communication sessions, resilience session. And he mentioned that usually that we have football and resilience activity. So we are playing a game, then we are doing a resilience. And the resilience usually it's a questions, answers, or scenario. So he mentioned that they do a scenario. After the scenario, that coaches they ask them a question to reflect what they learn from the scenario. Then they start to collect this and link it to the daily life. Okay. So they just um, um, complement what uh, what Ibrahim mentioned here that um, during the identity, the exercise they use, uh, it's about building trust with others. So we know something that my friends know, my friends love or like about his identity more. This will link me with more with him. So he mentioned something that I know what's the better dish or preference dish for him. He mentioned here I know his age. Um, his color, what he prefer at school, this maybe will link more me with him and you become friends and then we'll start talking more about the identity. Okay, so now we want to jump to something else that um, actually we discussed with them that how this project can help you uh, or support you, support other children um, um, in Syria and Turkey who are affected by the earthquake um, uh, recently. Um, so we had an example for this three years ago with COVID. During COVID, the camp was under quarantine, so most of the children was isolated at their homes. And for those who had COVID, they have home isolated and they can't leave their homes. So children from this project start do some drawings and letters and they share it with other children um, at their homes. Now, the children here would like to do the same with children in Syria and Turkey by sharing some messages. And he mentioned something before I go to the drawings or letters. He mentioned that with this project, we know how to feel with others. It's important to feel others and wear their shoes. Um, so we try to help with the minimum things that we have. So this is one of the, of the letters that he wrote. And he said that for my friend, either in Turkey or Syria, we are with you. We feel passionate with you. We support you and try to help you. We all, as we all a human and one human, 
وي فيل يو اند ذاتس اول وات وي كان دو سو شكرا كثير حلوه اه سي ستا السيناريو هابند وذ مي اند ماي فاميلي 7 ييرز اجو وين وي في سيريا فور ذا فيرست تايم تو جوردن and i believe now this happening again with other children in syria and turkey after the earthquake um so i just want to say that we feel you because we had this experience we know it's not easy but you will pass it one day um we can't support you only by word of mouth joining me now is diala khamara she is the ceo of save the children jordan and we're very fortunate to have time with diala today so diala firstly thank you for spending the time to talk to me Thank you it's my pleasure. I have to say being in Zadri refugee camp is a little overwhelming and trying to digest the scale of it can be very difficult. So just for people who don't have the opportunity to come here and experience it firsthand, can you just give a sense of the scale and then how much of that is represented by children? Mm. Um so Zadri refugee camp is home to 80,000 uh, Syrian refugees uh, here. more than 50% of the uh, residents of the camp are children actually and it spreads over 5 square kilometers um, and it was established by the government of Jordan and UNHCR and its management is overseen by these two um, institutions um, the, um there are fully serviced uh, caravans and mm. um, so people live in caravans here and uh, but the electricity the education all the services are provided by the government and UNHCR and just so people understand the condition here for the residents there is no formal way for them to create a permanent life outside of the camp as it currently stands i mean there are no restrictions for them to leave the camp they are free to leave the camp mm-hmm. um but those who are able to leave they do leave and they uh, seek livelihood uh, opportunities and life outside the camp many have relatives there so they can integrate into the community uh, but those who are living currently in the refugee camp itself uh, find it very challenging to make it and survive outside the camp and many of the children living here now were born here and have only lived in the camp is that I right? mean uh, in uh, last July as I said the camp ha- marked uh, its 10 years since mm-hmm. it was first established which means that many of the children that we work with today have only known life inside the refugee camp it's remarkable and so that's a good opportunity to shift focus to what save the children and the arsenal foundation are doing together mm-hmm. with the coaching for life program and i have to admit coming to the camp I sort of prepared myself emotionally for understanding that you'd see immense hardship here. But my first real experience in the camp was at one of the pitches for the coaching for life program and what you see are children being children, children playing and smiling and laughing and the camaraderie they have. And for people who don't understand how special and rare that is here, without that program, what would a traditional life look like for a, a young boy or girl in the camp beyond just the the day to day trying to survive i mean the options in the camp are very limited beyond the caravans where they live um they rely on the services and the programs that are offered by organizations like save the children and the one that we are uh, implementing together the coaching for life right. program with the arsenal foundation um because if we don't provide it no one else is providing it and so the coaching for life program and what i love about it is that it gives children a sense of normalcy um they come to the um play fields here uh it's like a haven for them they play and learn and form friendships uh and uh, just enjoy being children yeah a lot of the people listening may literally be driving their children to school as they listen to this now or have just dropped them off or they've been spending time with their cousins and take for granted so many of the components of everyday life that children get to have traditionally and it seems like what the coaching for life program has done is given a little sense of what we might consider normal for a child the chance to be a child back into life at the camp which wouldn't have existed without it so for people who are curious people know about save the children and the mission of save the children but they may be curious why arsenal are here and why the arsenal foundation is here so do you mind just sharing a little bit about how that partnership created this program and how that sort of unique partnership with arsenal has has brought something really special and unique to the camp So I think um it's uh, the partnership between two organizations that have a wonderful mission. 
Um, the Coaching for Life program was designed around using sports to provide protection services to children and designing a sports intervention using football uh, was uh, uh, the, the, the main component of the program and uh, with the Arsenal Foundation and the coaches that are part of the foundation who have provided all the support and guidance in designing the, the program and even coming and working with the children here and the, and the coaches here and the refugee camp themselves have uh, um, been tremendous and, and Save the Children brings the angle of child protection, uh, case management and referral and psychosocial support and building the resilience and, uh, uh, and also positive parenting and working with the parents as well because we, we can achieve limited change if we only work with children so engaging the parents both both the mother and the father is also an important part of the of the program so combined between the arsenal foundation and save the children we have complemented each other in a beautiful way and also football in general in jordan is a game that is very close to everybody's heart here and so it was a uh, uh, engaging by itself that such a sports was made available for children here well i want to be considerate of your time so i'll start to wrap up but uh, just two things firstly i think that there may be some people say oh sport why is sport so important there must be other greater needs within the camp but realizing that these children can be the victims of gender-based violence of child marriage of exploitative labor practices that they have no understanding of how to have self-respect how to have self-confidence, how to stand up to potentially um, harmful actions within their family or within their community. For people that don't necessarily see why sport is so valuable, is it because it helps give the children their own internal way of protecting themselves from the threats they face in the camp day to day? Yes, it gives them the skills, the resilience and how to deal with it. it uh, and forming teams and uh, managing all this but we also provide them with leadership training and organizing and advocacy skills so they are also able to defend and fight for their rights and in a, and organize in a meaningful way so that they are able empowered with lifelong skills to continuously solve their own issues uh, as they face them in the future i spoke to yamin who's a, a junior coach now um, and just seeing the journey that he's gone on and how he's back in school and how the coaching for life program has really put his life on a track where he feels optimistic about his future is incredible just finally though one of the things that blows me away the most about this program is that it has 50% girl participation it's not just boys it's girls mm -hmm. and it must have been such a daunting task to create the confidence in the program within the community to get the girls out given the unique challenges that girls face uh, in the camp. Is that the thing you may be most proud of? I'm sure you're proud of all of it, but seeing the, the growth mm. of the girl. The I'm girl very proud of it. Mm -hmm. I think the Coaching for Life is one of our strongest transformational projects that we are implementing in terms of shifting mindsets and changing the mindset of, of children themselves, the community as well. Um, the stereotype of the football being uh, an only uh, men mm. or, or sports for men is very widespread here and we were able to change that and now not only 50% but we're receiving also more demand from more girls to be part of the program and their own mothers as well. So it, it, the, the, the shift in the attitudes of the local community and the children themselves have been amazing and uh, wonderful. Yeah, we could talk all day about the, the implications this program has for the future of the children in this uh, camp, but obviously um, you have a lot of good work to do. I'm, I'm overwhelmed by what the program has achieved here and seeing it firsthand is spectacular. Thank you so much for taking the time to tell me about it. Thank you so much for having me. Next up is an interview that meant a lot to me, uh, speaking with Yamin, one of the kids in the program, uh, a young man who has been elevated to a junior coach, and you're going to hear his story as translated by Isra, uh, as I ask him, I would say fairly ridiculous questions on my first jet lag day at the camp, but nonetheless, it's just a pleasure to listen to him. His enthusiasm is infectious. Uh, the appreciation and joy that you feel from these kids when you're there is beyond description, and it's just such a remarkable thing to see these young people feel so uh, optimistic and joyous about being a part of this and feeling connected to the wider world. So I'm going to leave this unedited so you can hear Yaman's words completely in Arabic. 
Uh, and then Isra is translating. So this next section with Yamin runs about four minutes. Here's Yamin. And I'm here with Yamin, who's yeah. a junior coach. And Isra, who's going to be translating for us today and is with Save the Children. Hi, Isra. Hi. Hi, Yamin. Hi. Good to see you. <laughs> Shukran. <laughs> so, um, Yamin, how long have you been part of the program here? Yamin, how long have you been part of the So, I've been four years now. Four years. Yeah. And how long have you been a junior coach? One year. Were you too good a player so they had to make you a coach? Or maybe because I was friendly with everyone, I have a good social skills maybe for that. And has the program helped you meet friends and develop social skills like that? So it told me a lot, a lot, a lot, as he mentioned, <laughs> that in the past I have no friends, I stay at home. Uh, you can tell that I was a lonely child. With this project, I have millions of friends now in this project. One of my friends told me about the project, invite me to part of this. And now I'm co-junior coach here, invited more children to be part of this. I'm proud with the friends and the communication skills I have with this project now. I would never guess you were a lonely child watching you with the kids. <laughs> so now uh, you're back in school for a while. You weren't in school. Did the program help you find your way back into school? Uh, yeah, it's been a while out of school since the war. After I came from Syria to, to the camp, I never been in the school um, for different reasons. But now the program uh, supports me to enroll again in the school. And your parents must be very proud to see how you're doing in the program and doing in school now as well. Uh, so they've been proud of me because they said totally different for the project and after the project. It's totally different personality and different character. And now even with the school, they feel proud more and they communicate with the program team to enroll their children again in the school. That's great. And Yaman, I think you said you like Bukayo Saka, you're a big Arsenal fan now. Bukayo Saka is It's my dream to meet Bukayo Saka. You dream to meet Bukayo Me too. <laughs> so then, do you want to become an assistant coach like some of the uh, older coaches that you see and stay with the program? I would love to be, part, to be part of this project and be assistant coach because I would like to share the knowledge and transfer the knowledge for other children in the program. That's wonderful. Well, I'm sure you have no problem doing that. And so I understand also you coach some older boys as well who are older than you, but they look up to you as a coach. So I'm good to be friends with the with the children older than me and younger than me. I have this skill. Yeah, I become a friend, not a coach with them. And uh, just a last question, the program and, and the work you're doing with it has helped make the camp feel more like a home for you and, and create a life for you here? It's my home, not the second home, it's my home. <laughs> Next up, we're going to talk to Isra again, this time about the earthquakes in Turkey and Syria. Obviously, for these Syrian refugees, the earthquake in Syria is incredibly relevant. And for those who are not directly impacted, although some have been, there are others who are impacted in an extended sense due to family or friends or simply hearing about the experiences of 
uh, people they identify with very closely. And the empathy shown by the kids in the program was really remarkable. So I spoke to Isra a little bit about the effect being felt in the camp um, as it relates to these earthquakes and their response and reaction to that. So up next is Isra on the earthquakes in Turkey and Syria. Isra, obviously there's a lot of focus right now on the earthquakes in Turkey and Syria, a yeah. terrible humanitarian disaster, but also deeply impactful for the people in the camp who are all of Syrian origin and are certainly aware of what's happening there. And I'm curious, uh, with the children in the program, how you've seen them impacted by and responding to um, the earthquakes. Yeah, uh, thank you for this, this question, Elliot. Actually, we're surprised with this project that, yes, we are talking about the resilience, we are working on the mental health uh, for the children and, and the well-being. So after the earthquake, unfortunately, uh, children, um, they watch some videos uh, on the social media and the TV about the earthquake on both Syria and Turkey. And they would like to support other children, giving from and building on their experiences when they support some children during COVID, during COVID when the camp was under quarantine, children draw some uh, some messages for other children who are in the quarantine that we are with you, we are feeling with you. So children in this program, they would like to do this again with the children affected by the earthquake. So they meet together and they said, okay, what we will do for other children? We have nothing to do. We have nothing to donate for other Syrian and Turkish children. But yet we have maybe some words. Um, we can draw something to show our support. And they mentioned that this is based on the project that they are enrolled in, the Coaching for Life. It's not about football. It's about the resilience and the well-being. So we're surprised that uh, with the children, they came to our center with some um, artwork, with some poems and some letters for children affected by the, by the earthquake saying that we are with you, we support you. We know that this will happen maybe one day. Uh, we had this experience in the past when we flee Syria. So we are wearing your shoes maybe and we feel how you feel. Yet, maybe we are lucky enough to have this program to support us mentally more and uh, improve our well-being and resilience. So hopefully you will have a chance for future to be part of other projects, maybe in your area, to support you enough. So they provide us with, with these drawings and we will make sure that these messages will be delivered for our team working in both Turkey and Syria to support the children. It's so impressive. One thing that I just wanted to ask quickly is about their level of empathy. These are children who don't have much. And so for them to still be able to empathize yeah. with children going through something very terrible, I think it would be very easy to have a sense of self-pity. But instead, they're expressing such deep empathy exactly. for their peers going through a, a terrible crisis in Syria, in Turkey. So. Did it surprise you? Did it impress you? What was your reaction to the level of empathy that these children were able to show, despite obviously going through quite a difficult situation themselves? It's never surprised me, given that I'm working with this project and with those children four years, five years now, and I had this different experiences working with those children in different uh, contexts. And always those children um, surprised me in the past with, with their attitude regarding what's happening in the world and how they would support other children. Maybe because they had experience um, being needing support so they would like to share the support with others who they feel that it's needed at now so it surprised me and not surprised me it's not surprised me that those children that um, they always willing to help and support other and feel passionate with other and it surprised me that how these ideas came from them and the, the, the messages they give it to us that we don't have anything to donate but we have our words we have our feelings for those children we hope it's enough and I told them it's enough that the thing that other children they will feel that other children worldwide feel with us other Syrian children in the Zate refugee camp feel with us maybe it's more than enough for some children I hope they got more more aids that they need it but maybe the feelings and the word and the support and the feeling with them at one point it's enough for them yeah that's brilliant thank you Isra. thank you Elliot. thank you all right that's gonna do it i hope that gave you a sense of the amazing work being done by the arsenal foundation save the children with this coaching for life program in the zattery refugee camp and i can't thank them enough for allowing me to go and see it firsthand and i want to say by the way i was only able to do that because of you because they wanted this community to feel connected to the work being done there. What the club does in North London uh, with Arsenal and the community is incredible. It's great work. And the club have decided this is another place that needs our help. I know sometimes it can be overwhelming the amount of need there is in the world and trying to decide where that help should go. But this is the beautiful thing about supporting a football club. It's right there in the word support, right? We band together to get behind what they're doing on the pitch. And now we can band together to get behind what they're doing to help other people around the world. 
and make a real impact. And we did it last year, and I'm so excited to do it again this year. Once you go to a place like that and meet those young people, there's no way you can turn your back on them. A refugee camp of more than 80,000 people, more than half of them children, living in that place, making the best life they can. And this wonderful program, giving them the tools to stay out of child labor, out of child marriage, out of gender-based violence, get back in school, have the skills to advocate for themselves, to build a brighter tomorrow, that sustainable resiliency you've been hearing about. It's remarkable. And to hear them laugh and giggle and smile and cheer, to be in that place and have that resiliency is extraordinary. And we can, through our donation, not just continue it, we can make a material difference in the success of this program and for its ability to carry on and grow. So I hope you will give, if you are able, and every time you do, every donation on the Just Giving fundraiser page enters you to win a VIP ticket to the Brighton home game, second to last game of the season, with food, with drink, with hanging out with the podcasters, with being on the Breakdown Live, being part of that show. We're also going to auction off VIPs and club-level tickets for home games remaining this season. So you'll have links to both of those sites um, in the description of this episode. If you've made it this far, I can't thank you enough. Now I'm going to ask you if you can just go a little farther and give. We're giving. I want to say thanks to Tim and Clive and Paul and Scott and Andrew. Uh, everybody giving. Again, being a part of this beautiful club and supporting the work they're doing. They picked a place where there's need. We've seen the need firsthand, and now we can make a real, meaningful, material difference in their lives. Children whose only fault is that they were born in a place where their homes and their schools and their hospitals were bombed and sent them fleeing their country to live in a refugee camp. So... I am so motivated to do this. I know you will be as well. I want to thank you so much. Every episode we end by saying we love you. This one, I think it is very apt and very appropriate. So I will say, please give if you are able. And I will also say we love you. And we'll talk to you again soon.